Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast after a great week against QPR. Who would have thought it? I had a 1-0 defeat, you had a 2-1 win. I had a 1-0 win. Yeah, OK, it's 2-1 on the overall score. <laughs> it shows how crap we are at picking this up. But there's a lot discussed. There's been obviously transfer rumours come out this week. One out, two sort of in. We'll discuss that after, obviously, the player ratings. But how are you, Ange, after a great sunny day down the empty Britannia? Well, bet three six five. I I have to say that um, isn't it amazing what a win can do for you and two wins and a clean sheet, honestly. And one or two other things that happened this weekend. I'm flying, absolutely flying, and looking forward to the who cares Tottenham from Stoke at Middlesbrough next week. Of course they'll care because they still think they've got a chance of going up. But for me, I, I really enjoyed the football the last couple of weeks, and I suppose it's a bit little too you know too little too late. But yeah. Really pleased, and I thought we played well yesterday. Well, we did, but the one thing I wanted to touch on first was when it was there was how empty the ground was after a positive result the other week as well. Well, I mean, you're going to get that, aren't you? People um, have bought the season tickets. There's not a great deal to to play for. Uh, they didn't bring as many as I thought they would, given that they were supposed to be in contention for the playoffs. I mean, we take more than that for Queen's Park Rangers, but. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great, but the support was good, I thought, and I thought the actual football was good, so if you didn't go, make certain you go to the last match against Coventry City, because um, that's the last home match of the season. You're joking, there's another game? Yeah, there's another oh. game at home. Ian, I also heard that some people didn't go because they'd heard you would stop going, and I think that uh, as you know, a lot of people are now looking for you in the crowd because you're a bit of a celebrity, so uh, I think a lot of the fact that people didn't turn up was up to you well I am a celebrity you know this full and well there's not many in Stoke but well I'm not let's be honest <laughs> I like how it's just my voice so no one knows who I am because mm-hmm. that would drive me insane but anyway we'll move into it before we go on it's player ratings now we move into straight away the returning boy you want as number one I still want as number two Joe Basic. well firstly I think he's better, better the two goalkeepers we have but I don't think he's as good as some people think at the moment he didn't have a great deal to do, really. He came out and he missed a cross, but the ref gave um, a foul, so I'll, I'll give him a seven. Uh, I'll go with a six, to be honest. I thought he, he got in some good... You're in a downer mood already. I'm not. I'm not in a downer mood. He's getting a six because I thought his kicking was a bit suspect and I thought... I, 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 he was going to get higher because I thought he got a touch to that Eddie, which put it onto the post, but he didn't, did he? No, but he had, he had got his hand behind there, so if he hadn't have hit the post, he would have saved it. No, he'd all look at I actually thought he was a substitute, Ian, with you giving him that score. Well, there's no need for that. <laughs> but, yeah, he returns back. He probably is the better of the two. He isn't as, as grobbler as Bonham, is he? But, no. Yeah, he did, he did all right, didn't he? But let's be honest, he, all he had to do really was just make sure his hand was behind that head. Let's be honest, QPR, we're poor. But that's because we were good. Right, so now we move into for me one of the way, way, one of the worst performers really, and that was Tommy Smith. Um, I thought he did okay. His distribution gets me though. I mean, I talk about distribution. We'll come on to time and later on, but I, he, he did okay for me. Um, he, he puts in a shift when he's in that sort of wing backy type of position, but I'm giving him a six. Uh, I'll go in for five. Again, defensively, I found him dodgy. Uh, this is the thing that I found out. He, for me, he's an inconsistent player, and we found one now. So for me, he needs to be replaced in the summer okay. if his contract. I, I don't 
keep him if we can get somebody better. I've got a feeling he will. I, I don't know why, but I feel I've got this horrible feeling. We'll give it. We'll extend his contract. Do you know that last season when I was saying it's got to be it for Chester? Then he gets that one year extension. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be a few in this squad. I think are going to get new contracts, and it's really going to annoy me. I can see it coming, but for me. He's too inconsistent. We've seen that all season. Like at the start of this season was, to be fair to him, this has been his best season, which we'll discuss yeah, later I would on. Agree with that too. But which doesn't say a great deal if you're only giving him a. Yeah, and another thing we've got to discuss in a later podcast, right. obviously after the Coventry game, is that we've got to discuss who we think are the top three players of the season. And to be honest, there's only one choice, and I'm struggling for two and three. Um, are you really? Oh, well, well two. Three, unless two people have worldies in the next couple of matches, I've got mine. Yeah, two's there, but three, a bit up in the air. But yeah, for me, a five. His delivery was poor. Defensively, a bit a bit shaky again. For me, got go. Right, let's move into, for me, man of the match, <laughs> uh, Ben Wilmot. Wilmot. I've got to keep it going. There's just two more games and then we can stop the joke. Well, I'm going to say I thought he did okay. His passing leaves a little bit to be desired, though, you know. Um, I think he will improve. I think he is a good purchase for the football club. Um, and I'm going to give him a seven. Hey, I'll go in for seven as well, to be honest with Ben Wilmot. Then he has a poor, he's had a poor game if you're giving him a seven. No, that, that, that means... Him for that, a nine. No, that, no, no, he isn't. He never really is. I think he had a couple of eights at the start of the season then it quickly faded, didn't he, with, with Wilmot as well. You were suffering, you know. You were struggling with memory retention. I'm not. Okay. But now let's move in. Very, very angry today. I thought we won yesterday. Come on, Hans. There's a bit of positivity. <laughs> right. Uh, I thought he did well. Give him Howard Bellish a bit of an heart attack later in the second half. But I think, mm. to be fair, he did all right. And, and I, I thought he, when you say he wasn't doing well passingly, I think he had a big part for the goal as well with his lead up play yeah, but to the start the of that. Yeah, but he didn't to go where it went. So yeah, I, I don't care. He still had a lead up to that. It doesn't matter if he kicked it and went in the stand, but as long as it bounced off Brown's head and goes in, it's, a, it's an assist anymore. <laughs> I, I thought it. <laughs> you sound it, I thought, like Nigel Johnson now. Well, I'm not. I've got to get rid of that now. But uh, right, so we'll move into uh, Phil Jagielke. I thought he was really good yesterday. I mean, I, I, he's only had one poor game, poor-ish game, uh, since he came to the football club that I have seen. He just look, doesn't look flustered or troubled at all throughout, does he? He just gets on with his job. And he is one 39-year-old player that I never thought I'd say, give him another contract, but I would sign him again for next year, even if it was only for his uh, ability to talk in the dressing room and be a backup. Uh, so he's getting a seven from me because I thought he had a really unruffled, basically untroubled performance. Hey, to be honest, I'm going to have an eight for, yes- okay. for yesterday. I thought he was brilliant again, Jaggy Alke, and I 100% agree. I think he needs a new contract. Um, to be honest, I f- I, he, is, he is in contention for my top three. To be honest, Phil Jaggy Alke, I think he's been absolutely brilliant since he's come in. You know, with with his age, he doesn't. Pl- I've said it last week and a few times now. He doesn't play like a player that's the age he is. He seems quicker. There was a couple of times when QPR were breaking forward, and he was he was nipping in to take the ball off him. You know, that's something a 25, 26 year old does, like a player in his peak. But this is a man who should now be on his way down. And for me, I think he's easily got another season in him. For yeah, me personally, and I think. We better keep hold of him. Uh, yeah, get an eight from so me. We've agreed on something this year, then. Yeah, well, there's been a few times, Hans, but you know, when you start going to my level, we'll we'll get moving forward. <laughs> right. So now moving to Harwood Bellish. Now, I, he had a good good 
couple of Everton goals. He had a header that probably should have directed further away. Um, there was that one mistake where he almost put the ball in his own net and it went out for a corner, but uh, the pass back to him wasn't particularly good. Uh, I'm going to give him a 7-2. I thought he had a, a fairly efficient game. Uh, and, and another eight from me, apart from that little bit of a blunder with Wilmot, where you know it was ne- nearly as bad as the um, one with Man United yesterday as well, but he, he, he recovered well, and yesterday he was showing his an aerial threat. For me, this is a play that we need to look at making a permanent. For me, it's got to be done. I think he'd massively improve this defence once he, once he settles, because I think if he knows he's got a future at a club he's at, he can grow. I think the problem is with him, he knows he's going back to a club where he knows he's got no future. He's not getting in that city side, maybe one, two appearances in Cup and stuff like that, but he's never going to get in their team. So for me, whatever it takes to get him, as long as it's not a ridiculous amount of money, if it's a two, three million pound deal, let's go for it, let's get him in. Because I think he's a good player and he'll, he'll get better. There's this small reminders of me around Shawcross when he first come to the club on loan. I don't know yeah. if he'll go that good, but you never know, do you? He's still a young lad. But yesterday, his passing was good. He was getting in the right areas when the corners were coming in. And he was trying to move the ball forward. He, for me, there's a real player there that we need to look at, especially at this level. He could majorly improve us on a permanent basis. Good sign. I think the only way we're going to get him back in is on another loan move. I don't think he's he will be ready in his own mind to, to come to Stoke. Um, I think he still thinks he's a chance of making it... Uh, well, but, uh, he, he, I, could, I could tell him now, even having nothing to do with the club, he, he hasn't. He's not getting in that city squad, I don't care what happens. No, of course, he, I don't think he will either, but I, I, I don't know. I don't think Stoke could possibly sign him on a on a full, you know. Well, you've, you've ruined me week. Right, it, now we're moving to Josh Tymon. Now, Josh Tymon is, is really good at running up and down, and he puts in a massive shift. His crossing yesterday was dreadful. Um, he always provides a threat, but he couldn't find his man very well, um, and so I'm only giving him a seven as well. Uh, I'll uh, go well, magic engine on him, aren't he? But his final ball's rubbish. Yeah, what it was it, yesterday. For me, Josh Tymon's another inconsistent player, but the thing that goes for Josh Tymon is he's younger, whereas Tommy Smith's old. So it's not going to improve, is it really? I think Tommy's yeah. 29 now, and he's nearly yeah. 30. It's not going to improve drastically. Whereas Tymon, I think this season he has majorly improved compared to what he's been like before. Because before I used to look at him and think, this lad needs to go crew or get himself on loan at Vale, get some football. And we'll talk about Vale later, by the way. But for me, until he starts linking up with somebody, which when he links up, he's brilliant. When he's with Thompson, in that one match with Verantich, where he linked up with him and managed to break clear, he's brilliant. But when he's like he was yesterday, where he's sort of having to create his own space and stands around waiting for the ball come to him, he does go missing. And yesterday, yeah, I agree with you, his balls at times are very wayward. They don't go to where we need them to. But at least he's putting them in. Because Smith wasn't, let's be honest. So at least he was doing that, which is a positive, to be honest. Not a major one, but it was a positive. Well, I think for anybody listening to this podcast, the fact that I said nothing about your last statement uh, shows how mature I am. When you play that back again, you'll you'll think I perhaps shouldn't have said it in that way. But still, maybe it's just my mind. Shall we move on? (laughs) Well, I need to know what you said now. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't what I said, it was what you said. Trust me, people will laugh at that. Oh, bloody hell. Brilliant. (laughs) But anyway, right, we'll move into Joe Allen. 
Now, Joe Allen, I think, as I've said, uh, ad nauseum, since he had the injury and he's come back, I think he's been excellent. I thought he played well yesterday, although his passing wasn't as good as normal. So he's going to get a seven for me too. I've just clicked what you mean now. I didn't mean it in that way. For <laughs> God's no. sake. Right. Um, yeah, to be honest, he's getting he's up there as a contender as well with Phil Jagielka, Joe Allen, because of the yeah, recent he's performances. He's been really good second half of the season. We all know why, don't we? Because of, obviously the contract's coming up and he wants to get good, good money somewhere else. But he's been brilliant. He was he was tight with the ball again. He was trying to bring everybody into play. He was he was controlling the defence as well, marshalling them around a bit. Yeah. Actually looked like yeah. a captain yesterday for the and first that's time. that's probably because he's got somebody like Baker with him. Um, and I know we'll come on to Baker and Sawyer's in a few minutes, but... As much as I don't think we'll keep Joe Allen, I think Stoke will try and do everything possible to keep him. We we, we hope so, but I, what I don't want is us give him a new contract and then he goes back to the old Joe Allen. That, that's the thing that we've got to be sort of careful. If it was up yeah, to, yeah. I, I'd let him go, personally. Even yeah. with how well he has been playing, I would let him go. But he gets an eight from me. Right, so now we're moving to Bakey. around a lot and he's a future leader of the football club but by his standards that he's set for himself since he got at Stoke um, I, I, I didn't think it was as good as he has been recently but again um, I'm giving him a 7 uh, To be honest I'm going to go with a 6 yesterday for Baker Ok um, I t- <sighs> There was a lot of running about but possession he got caught a few times and, and I think that shot he had was a bit a bit dodgy, to be honest, to say the least. At least I thought he was a bit, he was a bit rushed yesterday, and I think this is the problem with Baker. With I'm hoping that with somebody alongside him with a bit more maturity, which we thought would be Joe Allen, but remains so. Is I'm not rating him to be honest, but I think somebody with a bit of quality around him might make him better because at the moment he is a bit of a mixed bag into Baker, yeah. where he's like getting nines, then a six, then a five, then a seven, then he's up back up with a nine. He seems like he's. He's very up and down for me, which is why I've yeah. got him with that score. But still a player that, you know, is going to be very important for the future of the way we go. Because at the, at the moment, there's only him and Thompson who I think have got contracts nailed down at this moment in time. So he's got to improve next season. But I want consistency from him next season because he could make a big difference. Right, remain yeah. Sawyers. Now, here's something I never thought I would say. I thought he ran the, the game yesterday. I thought he was great. He was clearly taken off uh, for a reason that I'm not sure of because he didn't look like he was tiring. Um, he's getting an eight from me. I thought he was man of the match. <gasps> oh. Getting up off the floor. Look, you've got to be realistic. Just because you don't like the bloke and, you, and you've and you got this little love affair going on with Baker, Allen and Wilmot, you've got to be realistic. Yeah, yeah, he did get an eight, but I don't think he was man of the match. I'm, I'm, All right, then, well, we'll come on to your deluded man of the match. Please. No, it's the real man of the match. Come on, Ange, you can't give me remain so he is. He was good yesterday. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. I thought he linked up well with the with the forward line. I thought he was working well with Baker. But I think he took away from Baker yesterday. So where Baker was dropping away, I think Soyuz did improve. But I just don't like him, Ange. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> And I have to say, he's one of those players like Marmite, isn't he? You either love him or you don't like him. I'm not sure that I would want him back. I don't think we'll get him back if Steve Bruce stays at West Brom because I think Steve Bruce rates him. Um, 
He's one of those that I would take back, even though he, he was man of the match yesterday. He's one of those I'd take back if we couldn't get anybody better. Um, so that really tells you that whilst I think he played well yesterday, I'm, I'm not, I won't be overly upset if we don't keep him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be upset at all. I mean, to be honest, I was hoping he'd go back in January, but I just don't rate him as a player. From everything I've seen, I, you know, we brought him in to be a holding midfielder. I mean, how many goes are we going to have it bringing a holding midfielder in that isn't an holding midfielder? Louis Baker's the latest one. You yeah. know, we brought all these players in to be holding midfielders and none of them are fitting the bill. You know, Sawyer's yeah. was brought in to do that. He's no holding midfielder. Baker isn't. And Joe Allen, especially second half of the season since he's back coming but improved again, has looked like one. But are we going to get it right this season where we bring a good oldie midfielder in? Let's hope so. Right, so what? I give him a seven, didn't I? No, I'll give him an eight. I'll give him an eight. Right, so yeah, now... Sawyer's? Yeah. Yes, OK. Yeah, you give him an eight as well and give him man of the match, yeah. which is absolutely crazy. Right, so <laughs> for me... I'll be honest with you, second to man of the match today for me was Josh Maggi. Now, I have thought Josh Maggi has improved in the last three games. Um, Mick Pedgick was very hard on Josh Maggi yesterday. He, he didn't have a much decent to say about him, but I think he's developed a really good relationship with Jacob Brown. I think he links up the play really well. He's clearly liked by the other players. He works well with Sleers too. Um, the way he holds the ball off, up, the way he lays it off, I mean, we had that uh, day when we all laughed when he sort of stopped playing and everybody thought the ref had blown the whistle. But I, I know in my heart that that was a couple of matches ago when he just was hoping for somebody to, to join him in the play. But I, I think if we can get Madger, and it's quite obvious that we can get him, um, I think we should go for him and he's going to get a seven and a half for me. Uh, he's getting an eight from me. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Um, I was watching him. His work ethic was 100%. He chased everything down. He, I thought he was quite unlucky with his chance in the first half when he broke through. He linked up with Brown. He linked up with, with um, like you say, Sawyers. I thought he was trying to bring timing into the game at times as well. He was all over the pitch. And apart from obviously not scoring enough goals at this position, I, I think we've got a player there. And I said this when we first signed him, there's a real player in Magic once he settles down. He, yeah. he didn't want to go France, we've all I've said it before. But for how, and now he's, he's looking sharp, he's looking fit. So next season with a pre-season, this lad will score goals. And, yeah, I and, think you're probably right. And I'm always right, Andrew, you should know this part. That's why I'm a celebrity, apparently. But but the thing is, yesterday he was really good, and he has been for the last two, three games, to be honest, and he, he, it's coming now at the right time for him. Okay. Right, so now we're moving to man of the match, Jacob Brown. So you're picking him as man of the match? Yeah. I thought Jacob Brown did what Jacob Brown does every match. Uh, I've said it before, he's a poor man, Johnny Walters. He's got youngs to go to catch Johnny Walters, but I think he will. He's got, the, he's got some heart in him, and he must be... Just so great to play with because you know if you lose the ball, then Jacob Brown will wherever he is on the pitch, he'll be there trying to get it back. Thought he took his goal really well. It was a a poacher's goal, and when you now realise he's on fourteen goals and not doesn't take free kicks, doesn't take pens, doesn't take any of the set pieces, I think that's a great return for a for a team that's not done well this season. So um, I, I'm really happy with Jacob Brown and and and. If it hadn't have been for the fact that 
I thought Sawyer's was so good, I would have given him man of the match, but I can't because I thought Sawyer's was slightly better, so he's getting a seven and a half from me. No, he's getting a nine from me. I thought he was brilliant yesterday, Brown. I thought he took his chance well. I thought he was pushing the defenders all through the game. He was, he was even trying to break wide at times to try to bring Madger into the game more. He's getting better. And I can see 15, 16 goals this season with the next two games coming up. He's looking more and more consistent in front of goal. Now he's adding poaches in, poaching goals in, which, let's be honest, at the start of the season and for most of the season, he's been squandering. You know, that, that early on in the season would have gone over the bar. In my yeah. opinion, that the way he hit that, but he's taken him now. And I thought yesterday I was looking at him, I was watching him closely, and I think he's he's becoming a top striker now. It's a, it's moving him from right to up front has actually worked for him, and he's he's improving yeah. every week. And I tell yeah. you now, I'll even put this through. I think we're going to struggle to keep hold of him this summer. No, we won't. You're saying that, but I don't know because I know no, now well, Southampton. I don't think we'll struggle to keep him. I think he's very happy at Stoke City Football Club, and I don't think. This season will be the season when people sniff with enough money for him. I think they'll be speculative, um, but I, I think they'll, there's no chance of him going this season. And the one thing I will say is, him, Brown and Madger, they, they didn't give their defence any peace at all. They kept on and on. They probably should have, we probably should have won by more yesterday, but um, we've got to, of course we've got to talk about other people yet in the team. But I think, Brown's, I think Brown will be with us next season, so stop worrying. I'm not worrying, I just, I've heard things and there's been links, but we'll talk about that later in the transfer round when we cover that next. Right, so we'll go into the substitutes. Stephen Fletcher for Josh Madger. Now, this substitution I didn't understand. Well, I think it was a bit of game management and I think they probably uh, want Stephen Fletcher to uh, get on the pitch and, and see what the Bet365 is like again and before he leaves, because I don't think he'll be with us next season. And I don't think he should be, by the way. I think he's been a good player for us. Um, and um, I think his time is up. Uh, give him a six. Eight or five. Like yeah, always, well, could it substitutes. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't get it because I thought Madger was playing well at the time. It could have been a bit of game management, but it was only 1 0. I thought Madger was sort of controlling the forward line and was creating chances for us. I thought it was a bad substitute. But. Yeah, Fletcher, come on. Right, so now we move into the man who's been gone for a while, but he's now come off the bench, Sam Klukas. Yeah, well, I'm going to go with your uh, trick for this one. Um, Sam Klukas has been making a few comments on Twitter. We'll never know if they were related to the football or not. But um, to me, I think if he could get another club in the summer, Stoke wouldn't mind, even though he's got another bit of his contract to go. Um he made one one sort of tackle towards the end where he went in three times to, to knock the ball out for a throw-in, which wasted time. Uh, he's getting a five because he's a substitute. Yep, five. Um, you've said everything I was going to say anyway there, so we'll move on to Campbell for Brown on the 90th minute. A standing ovation for Brown, deservedly. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't, you can't really rate Campbell, can you, in the 90th minute? But if we're going to go with your ratings... Uh, oh, you can't give him more than a five. I'll give him two for coming on. <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, that's... He didn't have a chance to do anything, did he? I mean, you know, he had no chance to do anything, did he? He'd be able to at least to touch the ball, so he gets a five. So he gets a two. He gets a five. Come on, you can't give him a two. Oh, yeah. Luke, so now, so now I've found out... Him in a five. 
him. So, I'm not giving him a fight. Right. No. So now we know you don't like. We've figured out you know, it's one of Will Moss. I have no problem with Campbell, but how you can give him a five for just running on a pitch. <laughs> oh, that, that's all he could have done. What else could well, he do? <laughs> he didn't run that elegantly, so he's getting the two. Horrible. Right, so now we move into the substitutes that we're news. Bonham, Chester again for Aunt Cheech. Five, and... five, five. <laughs> oh, here we go. No, zeros there. <laughs> and Felagene okay. Bedace. It's a bit yeah, shame you didn't see him. I would have on today. I would have bought Philogene on yesterday, to be honest, but he didn't, so there you go. I reckon Philogene will start at Borough. Well, let's hope. Right, so now we move into the overall rating. What are you going to go with? Well, I'm going to give the t- overall rating as an 8, because I thought we should have scored more, but we won. They never looked like scoring, apart from the one that Bursic had got covered by the post. Their keeper played well, so it's an 8 from me, and I was quite disappointed with a team that were... Uh, supposedly so ready for trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, I'll go with an eight as well. I thought they played well yesterday. I thought we're dead unlucky not win that 2 3 0. I think it was just a bit of lacklustre finishing, but we got it over the line, which is what we needed, you know, especially with what's been happening recently with, you know, pretty much everybody touting Sean Dyche, which again we'll cover after, even though that's pretty much dead in the water for me. Um, I'm shocked with with how well we control QPR because I thought they were a team that were fighting for them playoff places. But yesterday they, they looked bang average. Yes, and you know what, Blackburn looked bang average too. And the reason for that is we have played well, and unfortunately it's too late for us for this season. But you've only got to look at Huddersfield and how they finished last season and how they've gone through this season to say that it's really important that you know we have a the last two games finish off the season as well as we can and get in the top 10 because if we get in the top 10 even the likes of you who wants Michael O'Neill gone must have bags of optimism for the future and a, and a, and a real push for the top six next season well, I told you I wanted a run, so if you can win three games in a row, that's a run. And I'm back on the side. At the moment, <laughs> I'm not against him, I'm not for him. I've said that so many times. But for me, this has been a very disappointing season, except for Jacob Brown and a few other players that have improved. But, right, before we go on to that, we'll talk about the referee. What are we going to give him rating? Well, I thought we should have had at least one penalty for handball, a clear handball penalty Another one that uh, a player was brought down, um, I'll give him a seven because, um, well, I'm just giving him a seven. I'll give him a five because I don't like him. Yeah, that's fair enough. I didn't like him at all, but I think I'm probably a little more mellow than yourself and not liking somebody, I don't think you should knock two points off them for not liking them. I I thought it was just, like I say, it was a penalty. I thought he was very. I thought, to be honest, I thought he was a QPR fan with some of the decisions he was making. He seemed to yeah. let their, theirs go a lot more, whereas ours yeah. it was pulled back. Even though there was a couple of times where Wilmot was, I think, fouled in the second half, where we were actually breaking away and he was calling it back. And I thought, you're not, you, you need, you, you need to go back down to Vale, right? So now I'll give Michael O'Neill rating. Well, Michael O'Neill, I'm not rating it any more than a five because he obviously didn't play well yesterday. But I think he's played well. on the stream I hope you enjoyed the game Michael Uh, if we're talking about Dean Holden I thought he did a really good job Um, he talks a very good game Dean Holden and um, I like him as as an assistant manager and he's had two successes you know he's had the success when we had uh, Covid and he's had had a success yesterday I'm going to give him an 8 because apart from scoring more goals um, 
I don't think we could have done much more. I thought his subs were okay. You you didn't, obviously, so you can't rate him more than a five. <laughs> but because Michael O'Neill and I know what pain he would have been in, having had my hip done myself, trust me, he'll be in more pain now than he was with the hip. Um, I am going to give Michael a five for even watching. He made the substitute. He, he was. I, didn't you see Dean with the phone in his hand? He, he was there the whole way. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, apart from a couple, of, like I say, the major one which I didn't understand. It was a good performance. We played, we played QPR off the park. I'll go with it. I'll go with an eight as well. I thought, we, I thought okay. Dean did does well, but Dean has his experience as a manager. And he's, I think he's managed. Is it Oldham and Bristol City? He's managed as yeah. well, so he, he knows this level. As he's quite an impressive assistant manager, really. To be honest, when you look yeah, at his, so he's, he's a likable bloke, and uh, the players rate him as a coach, and you can't have much more than that. Yeah, which is a, a good thing. And yeah, Michael O'Neill gets a seven from me because I can't be as harsh as you and give him a five for watching. Um, right. So, okay, so you're obviously now trying to get a free season ticket for next year. This is what you're doing. And this, ladies and gentlemen listening and youngsters on the podcast, this is a man that wanted Michael O'Neill gone a couple of seasons, a couple of weeks ago. No, I, I did not. You, no, I did Ian, not. You're no, fickle, I did fickle, not. Fickle. Don't try and lie your way into this now. I did not want him sacked. I was on the fence and I said I wanted a run. I'm still yeah. waiting for that run. Yeah, but okay. we'll see. But, but before we move on to anything else, we will talk about the managerial situation because, you know, there's a lot of fans now that have, you know, come away from it now and aren't putting hashtag Sean Dyche on the, the end of everything. It's not going to happen. It's not going to go. So... I'm behind Michael O'Neill now. I think he's he's obviously at next season. But wouldn't it have been an ideal time now to swap when we've got so many players out of contract where a new manager could come in and swap everything round as he sees fit? Um, I can't believe you're asking me this question when um, I think Michael O'Neill came in in a much tougher situation than any manager would come in now, turned it around has got it virtually done and dusted now and this is the transfer window uh, where he really has a pretty much clean slate to start well he doesn't have a clean slate because we've got the likes of Etabo and Effectby um, that people have forgotten about but in reality I think Michael O'Neill this season is the season this coming season is the season to judge him on I mean that I really do yeah, I to be honest, I agree. I, I was on, you know, slipping on the other side of the fence. But when you look at what he's done with Jacob Brown, you see the signings of this. It's January that for me saved him really with the improvements of Jaggy Alke. Brown's just becoming better and better. Baker looks like a really good acquisition. You know, Tymon is still hit and miss, but a lot of these players that are hit and miss are going to be going this summer, aren't they? You know, Smiths, Fletchers. All these others, maybe Bonham with what's going on. Chester's finally going to go because, to be honest, I thought Chester was his, was his favourite player the way he kept giving him new contracts. Um, it is a perfect time for him now to make a lot of changes to this side. But I'm hoping experience comes in, not just youth. I think it is. Yeah, this is think, time, isn't it? Ian, I think you're right because one thing I do know about um, about the setup at the club at the moment is that they certainly use a lot, a lot more data and work with coaches and analysts to figure out uh, what they need for the next game, uh, how players have performed. And whether you're an old-fashioned, um, well, he's good, he's got good character, he'll do for me type of person, 
football's changed now, and there's a lot of work done on through data in the modern game, and to a certain extent, it underpins a lot of what happens in in most sports now. So um, I, I'm quite happy with the management team at the moment. And when you talk to some of the players, for example, you know the hot button at the moment is Jacob Brown. Jacob Brown says he is a much better player than he would have been because of the analysis work done with uh, with the coaches and um, with the management team. So I, I think we, we really need to give him um, this next season. And I mean the whole of the season. Well, I think he will. I think he will get the team. We know what the coach family are like when it comes down to managers. When they like one... It's hard to get rid of them. We saw that with Mark Hughes where the, the trigger was fired way too late. It and, was. And same with Nathan Jones because I think they like Nathan Jones because he is a very enthusiastic person, isn't he? And you're thinking, I'm believing him. But then it wasn't happening on the pitch so deservedly got sacked. I know he's well, done... it wasn't happening here. No, it but wasn't. It, That's it, what I'm saying. If you're looking for managers with a success rate, I mean, you mentioned Sean Dyche, right? If you look at managers with a success rate at the moment, everybody was on about why didn't we go for Chris Wilder? Well, Chris Wilder isn't certainly getting a team into the Premier League. Then you have a look at, at, at like Nathan Jones. You would be mad as a manager, as a, as a board now, not to consider him. The same way as Stoke took a punt on him. It just didn't work out for Stoke. And he's no different a manager than he was when he was at Stoke. He's got different players. They've probably got different egos. And I do sometimes wonder if he came back to Stoke with the group of players they've got now if it would have turned out different. But the group of players Stoke have got now, to a man of the management team and coaching staff, they say they've been exceptional, they do everything that's asked of them, and it, and it's a happy place. Now, you, you look at that when he came in. It was toxic city at Stoke, and, and that, to me, it, is how much hard work's gone in behind the scenes. Yeah, it has. It's, it's drastically improved since Nathan Jones was here, because you've got to remember... But this is a, not only just those players that we're talking about, the ones that were causing a toxic dressing room, which obviously were just like trying to get managers sacked from what I believe. A lot of them are gone. You talked about Benny Fobin at Etebo. I think Etebo's got one year left, so we can probably do a deal to get rid of him. Fobin goes at the end of the season. That's his final year because he signed a four-year contract. And so this is, yeah, this is his final season. So he goes for nothing. Um but there's a lot of them there, like Smith. I know he. I think it was Jones who brought him in once. It was, yeah, it was Jones who brought him in. But he'd only been here a week at that point anyway, so he wouldn't have really known what was going on at that point. I think that this is the best time now for Michael O'Neill because I'll judge him at the end of the season. Because if we're in the same position we're in now, at the end of next season, then I won't be on the fence, and I'll, I'll give you the warning now, I will not be on the fence if we're finishing 12th and it's his entire team. Yeah, well, I mean, that that's fine, and, and I would agree with you. Um, but that's the end of next season. I, I think now, as I said earlier on, is the time to judge him. Now he's on a level playing field, and he's had to work really hard to get it on a level playing field. But I'll give you this caveat, he's only on a level playing field with a lot less money to spend than the likes of Gary Rowett. Well, we, we we all know the mistakes that Gary Rowett made. We all, we all know what the club made as well with the Gary Rowett situation. But like you said now, they're, they're obviously talking about stat base and they've brought in a scout from Manchester City who looks as if he or has already taken the role now as head of recruitment into or head of stats based analytics into at the moment and that happened this week, wanted? 
Well, if you're talking about the coach that's come in recently, uh, as in the last week, he, he focuses more on young players. The guy that's come from Manchester City, Andy Cousins, is doing the head of recruitment at the moment. And, and um, again, it's very well thought of. And, and there's obviously a good link with Stoke and Manchester City. And I don't believe that whoever you are from Manchester City, um, you haven't learned something there. So anybody that's coming from there... Is, is, is very good for Stoke in my opinion but the new guy I know nothing about him so I can't comment uh, well, that's, that's the thing but if we're going to have a head recruitment from somebody who's, who's one of the top scouts at Man City that's only going to be good for how you they really spot players so, wouldn't you yeah, yeah so it's, it's got to be a better one like the, the, the guy, who's, guy who's just left who's gone back mill all I think and to a Gary Rowitz that one yeah. w- really he just wanted to go home yeah we, luckily gladly but you know, things are moving, aren't they now? So upstairs, things are moving now. People are being brought in to do the new roles. Hopefully now, a CEO is going to be looked at as well. Right. Could, could Listen, soon. I'm going to say something to you now. We are not having a CEO at Stoke. We no. will be having a COO. Oh, oh, oh. And the announcement of the COO will be coming quite soon. Um, but there won't be a CEO at Stoke. COOs are now the way forward. And Stoke will have a very good COO. Right, so explain to me what a COO is. And not Chief a... Operating Officer, who is in charge of every department, whereas a, uh, a, the other one, like Tony Scholes, uh, seemed to be in charge of everything from signing the checks, player recruitments. I'm probably doing Tony a disservice there, but um, nothing happened at Stoke without Tony's say-so on day-to-day running of the football club. Oh, so now it's, yeah. it's released a bit, hasn't it? So transfers will go down to a, a different avenue yes brilliant finally <laughs> finally <laughs> yeah. that that's great news but, that, that... Um, that that you know the, the guy that's coming in now um has a good track record i'm told and um is serving out his notice as another club uh, where he's been very successful uh, so you just hope he's as successful at stoke as he was at his other club well, yeah, because he's getting more responsibilities into as well at Stoke compared to what he was having at Manchester City. So that that's great news. As long as it isn't going all to one man like he did last time where it was like a dictatorship and we missed out on some incredible players as well during that time, which I know from certain sources that I can't put on the pod because... Or I can't mention on the pod because if I do, I'm probably going to be in court. So I can't, I can't say anything well, on I mean, that. there's one we can mention. There is one that... Um we can talk about quite openly because it's, it's, it's in the public domain. I mean, there was a player playing for Newcastle called Dwight Gale yeah. who um, Stoke had virtually got done and dusted and then a manager decided that uh, a phobia was a better bet so we didn't go for Dwight Gale. Um, and the manager decided that along with presumably the former CEO. So... You would like to think that now things we've learnt from situations like that and we'll pick the right horse. Well, there is there is another one as well that I know about and I know I think his agents talked about it and I'll have a look online and just in case because I'll delete it if it hasn't. Uh, Jack Grealish was pretty much done as well. £12 million. Right, well, I've never, never heard a thing about that. But, um, yeah, that one apparently was... That's a sad one, isn't it? Yeah, apparently that was nearly done when the Villa were relegated and Stoke decided to pull the plug because it would go over the budget of what they wanted to set, to spend at that time. But apparently that was near enough done. Yeah, well, there you go. You live and learn. I'm sure we've got one or two players over the line that other people wanted. Uh, it's horses for courses, isn't it? And as Dean Holden said in the press conference this week, 
I talked about lack of money to spend. Dean Holden said Stoke have gone that route before and it's failed. And he's perfectly right. Look how much money. We've said it, the 58 million that Gary Rowett um, used, not so wisely. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, and we didn't get anywhere. And so much so that people have had to be paid off to leave. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's going to be, it's going to be a mass raid. We've been linked to... A player from is it Newcastle uh, Gallagher? We've been linked to is it Noel Gallagher? Something like that. I have no idea. Um, we've been linked to a few players this week. Uh, nothing concrete at this point. I, I might have got his name completely wrong, but well, apparently he's... he played for the for Oasis. I think he probably. <laughs> That's what I thought when I saw his name. Um, to be honest, but the, the rumours. <laughs> we'll have him, he'll bring loads of shirt sales. But <laughs> what we'll, the, the rumours that I'm a bit worried about are Jacob Brown. Apparently Southampton have shown real interest in Brown because they want to replace that brosier, is it? He was going back to Chelsea and they want to apparently use him. Chelsea want him around the first team next season and they're, they're hoping to replace him with Jacob Brown. That's the one I'm hearing, a £10 million deal. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying he's not moving. That's that's Angela Smith's stance on it. You ain't going anywhere. Right, but would, with that kind of money, would you be thinking no, maybe? No, I would keep him. I would keep him for um, at least this next season. Um, if if you look at the progression he's made this year, then he, he's liable to make similar progression next year. And um, I just look at how Johnny Walters progressed at Stoke City and got better and better and made took every ounce of, of the ability he had and the engine he had and made a top-class career. And I think Jacob Brown will do the same. And I think he's very happy at Stoke City. I don't think he'll want to go anywhere. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that because he has been the most improved player. I've been very impressed with Jacob Brown this season and it would be a bit of a shame because what I wouldn't want him to do is what Steen did and the Sharon did where they moved yeah. on for money and the career started dwindling away rather than where they were improving and doing really well at Stoke and I'd like to see Brown get promoted with us if you know what I mean and we can see what he yeah. can do in the Premier League with us. Have I missed something on today's podcast here before we started? Are, are we trying to get as many um, boy bands names in? We've had Take That and we've had Oasis. Who's the third one you're going for? Um, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go along. I'm thinking now okay. so I'll do it while we're moving along. Right, so we've got the next match coming up soon and it's an away match up at Middlesbrough. What do we reckon to this? Right, well, I'm going to go in my new, you know, my new positive mode. Um, and where I think I said we would go through the season unbeaten, uh, if we're ever, if the wheel, and, and obviously we didn't, because Brizzle did for us, uh, but the other Brizzle helped us. Uh, but that's probably a joke only Stoke fans will get. <laughs> um, if you're looking at next week, my head says one each. I'm gonna go with me. I'm gonna go with me previous thing. Yeah, I think we're gonna win one nil, Jacob Brown. I'm gonna carry on with it. Okay. I think okay, we'll win. Okay. Well, then Jacob Brown will become the 15 goal striker that we all knew he would be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no one ever expected this from Jacob Brown, but I think we'll win one nil. I know it's a tough ask with, with Middlesbrough because they have got Chris Wilder and they do. They seem to be hitting form, and to be honest, next season I'd be a bit scared of Middlesbrough with him there because I think yeah. they'll improve. But I think yeah, I do too. But uh, you know, 
if you're going for your boy band groups, here's one then. Duran Duran. Jacob Brown's because he's like boys to men, isn't he? He's got from, <laughs> gone from a boy to a man. There you go, there's my I thought you were going to get a Duran Duran one in, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of them. I think he's been brilliant, Jacob Brown. He's got any brothers and we could call them bros, isn't he? We're going too far now. Right. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we've got that match coming up. I think we're going to win. You think we're going to draw, so you've got a bit negative. I've, it's away, though, and we, we seem to have been incredibly well. I'm sticking with one each. Stop trying to deviate from it. And how are you going to talk your way out of this when it's one each next week? I don't know. 1 0, Brown. 1 0, okay. Brown, and the run's on because that's three straight wins. Right, OK. If there we go. If he does score next week, and you are right, you have to come on and start the show with the Jacob Brown song. Song, I'll do that. Don't worry about okay. that. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay. And, and especially speaking of Jonathan Walters, yesterday was actually the anniversary of when he scored that perfect hat trick. Yes. Stoke in the Premier League. Isn't that brilliant? I wish somebody could do that again. Maybe Josh Madger at Middlesbrough in the one each draw. No, it'll be Brown. He'll, he'll, okay. <laughs> he'll turn up. He'll get a perfect hat trick <laughs> at Middlesbrough. That's so <laughs> it'll be great to see. And yeah, before we move on. Apparently, we've had two emails of how brilliant I'm doing with the podcast, Angela. Well, that, no, luckily <laughs> it didn't say that. This is now talking of brittle. Um, this is a guy who is named Chris Machin, who is from Bristol, but father supported Stoke, and so he's a Stoke supporter. The first thing he said, which is the only reason we're reading it out, is what a great podcast. Thank you for the great podcast, Angela. Oh, no, he says, both of you. Um, but he does then go on to say, couldn't agree with Angela Moore, re-team standing off us. Letting us have the ball, we go sideways and backwards because we can't break teams down. Also, needing the money for players who can do that. As you know both, which you didn't because we hadn't heard from him before, it's been my concern all season that we wouldn't make the playoffs as A, we are so inconsistent, and B, we don't score enough goals. Does Ian think that we can change things next season? I think we could change things as long as we bring the quality in. Yeah, of course we do. Um, do does all right, then I'm going to add a little caveat for Christopher here. Um, do you think we'll have enough money to change it? We, we should have enough money to change things if we really want to. It depends on what we want to do, don't it? If the, if, if the coach family want to go, right, let's go up now, I've had enough, then they can put the money in. It, it's up to them. Or if we want to be... A self-run club, as, as certain people have put it, self-run clubs don't really go anywhere, do they, in the modern game? They can, no. but they don't really go anywhere majorly. It all depends on what they... It's on the coach family, isn't it? Yeah. So that's all I'd say. But I think we, we can do it either way, depending on how good these new people coming in are. If this man from Man City has got three or four people already lined up and he thinks, well, we could have two of these lads from City, you've got to think, with Orwood Bellish, he might have something to say about that, saying, well, I work higher up, you've got no future at City, get yourself in here, that could be a big thing. And I would balance yeah, Stoke I goes, just can't see that happening yet. Well, I mean, I know Stoke, Stoke is supposedly after um, a lad called Elliot Anderson from Newcastle United, who's a midfielder, but I don't know. I mean, Ian, between now and the end of the season and the start of June, we'll be seen as linked with um, all sorts of players, you know, from uh, Messi downwards, People will be linking in with Stoke or somebody with Stoke. Being serious, you know anybody will um, be linked, be linked to Stoke because that's what people do. 
Well, of course it is, and there's a long way to go, and we'll be covering all of that, because we don't stop when the season ends on the Potters podcast. We do carry on doing podcasts. It isn't a shame, Anne, because you'd be bored. No, a shame, a shame for all the people that think, oh, God, I better listen to them again. Oh, well, well, he must be fans, like our friend from yes, Bristol. Yes, like Christopher from Bristol. Right. So is that, the, is that the only email? I've got another one. No, he sent, he sent it in two parts. So I've read it. I mean, there's been several emails, Ian, but I don't think we should read some of them out because, quite frankly, they, they're saying that uh, you're suffering very badly with memory retention and... Are you in the early stages of a couple of illnesses where you keep changing the scores of every match? So I thought we'd leave that. <laughs> yeah, because that's utter rubbish. But <laughs> I will move into um, the women's team. What, yes! I knew you were going to do this, right? <laughs> and I am now going to tell you that I've always loved Hull. Right? I've always liked Hull. We've always done well against Hull. And you know the girl, the ladies had got to get, or the women as we have to call them now because it's Stoke City women, um, you know that we had got to get these points to stay in this National League. You knew that we'd got to get the points and you know we always do well against Hull. Yeah. So would you like to guess the score? Uh, yeah, 4-0 Stoke. No! You're being over-ambitious. They've won 3-0. They have won Over-ambitious? There's one goal off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I'm a bit like me. It doesn't matter. You're wrong, and they won three 0 So it's really good news. And um, dependent upon the other results, which we don't have yet, um, they they might have done enough now. But um, we've got one more match, and if they can win that, then it's brilliant. And it's just an example of uh, the going got tough, and as women do all the time, the women got going. Well, it's fantastic, right. isn't it? I mean, we, we all know the problems that the women have had all season. And they've won the Staffordshire Cup. They've now got a good chance of staying up, we should say, because I don't know if we the definite saints for staying up or not. But getting a result like that, I know, I know, we all know what's been going off the pitch. They haven't had a manager all season. Everybody in the Irish have been leaving. Even players have been leaving halfway through. They've done well, haven't they, for for the I position they've really. got and, and, and I just thought it was really nice yesterday to see the women with the trophy, the Staffordshire Cup. Um, on display at the football ground. I thought that was a really nice touch at half-time. So, um, well chuffed for them. And uh, people listening to this podcast, a lot of men don't like women's football. Um, That's their right. But in this day and age, everybody has a right to play whatever sport they want to and to work in whatever industry they want to. And I just say, good on you, Stoke women. You've, um, You've done really well and you've shown the big heart and the pride to wear the shirt, so well done. Yeah, well done to the ladies, it's been brilliant. How did the reserves and the youth team go? Do we know? Uh, they finished their season last week. I wish you'd pay attention. That's something else we've had emails about, the fact that you don't appear to listen to anything I say, which I can understand because a lot of people do that, particularly my own family. It was pretty poor, that in. Well, all I can say is from the emails I've got, I can't read them out because you'll, you'll understand why I don't listen. <laughs> 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 uh, for those people listening, and I better clarify this because there's some people that don't have the same warped sense of humour as us. We are joking. The emails we do read out are true. Uh, the emails that Ian makes up are all fictitious and invariably about myself. So we apologise. And the ones as well about me are too. <laughs> right, so that's another one done, Ange. It's nearly there. Thanks for that, Ange. It's a pleasure. So, thanks for listening. 
I've said so many times, if you like the pod and you're on iTunes, just give us a five-star review. It means a lot to the podcast. We've got a lot more coming on. Don't worry about the closed season. We'll be covering all the transfer rumours on here and on the Potters podcast. We don't stop just because the football stopped. So thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the best.